live. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're live. This is episode 7, season 2, of the Talk Blindly podcast. Whoop, whoop. They're dancing. I'm pretty happy, but I'm not showing it. And Aaron is dead, but with us in spirit, I think we can even hear his voice if we listen hard enough. Guys, guys, can you hear me? There he is. There. He's also joining us, kind of. And we're going to talk about robots and Hello. guardian angels. I am Robo Jonathan. Tonight we will be talking about robots. As I say. And so Jonathan has just revealed himself as a robot to the entire world. That was a little terrifying. The idea that you could possibly have been a robot this whole time, for all our listeners' knowledge, is actually kind of scary to me. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. First off, if you haven't already, which I'm sure you have if you're watching this live, follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash talkblindly. Um, and if you also can, visit our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash talkblindly. And uh, there's other stuff too, but I'm really not feeling like going over all the stuff. So uh, if if you want to contact us, I'll give you some stuff at the end. But You I'm know really, how the internet works. You may also see our friends at... Married to the Idea podcast. She's terrible at this. <laughs> I'm trying to share on Facebook and be the good podcaster. Oh, sorry. John's just acting like a robot while she does productive things. <laughs> sorry, I'm really excited about this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so since you're so excited, I'm going to let you kick it off. I'm actually like, cool. now that I'm done with the introductions and the please follow us and we love you and all that stuff, I'm just going to sit back because the topics are all them. She's got guardian angels. She's got He's got robots. So they're going to lead the discussion, and I'm just going to say smart-ass things. So the usual. Go all ahead. Right. <laughs> all right, so um, first thing, I, will, I, I promise we'll, we'll tie this all back to some sort of a high spiritual connection at some point. I the first thing that. I wanted to start with was this quote from an old movie. Um, and I don't know what the movie is called. I don't even know what the movie is about. I just saw this clip, and it was like this big philosophical oh. discussion. Okay, so before you go on, do the quote, and we're going to guess which movie, and yep. you can finish your thing. Yep. I have no idea, but we, you, you can start Googling it. Go ahead. That, that's go fine. We're gonna so guess. if it's an old, it's old black and white movie. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there is this computer that is convinced it's a living thing, and it gets into this argument with like this astronaut or somebody, and it's like, I'm living, you're not. And the human is trying to convince the computer, like, no, you're not a living thing. And the human says to the computer, he's like, you are just a device with a bunch of electrical impulses surging through you uh, to generate every function you do. And the computer says to him, how are you any different? <gasps> what? I believe that is from Casablanca. Yeah. Liz... Don't Get be out. ridiculous. It's clearly The Matrix. Yes! Black and white, you said. That movie is all black and white tones. Dude, yes. It's pretty black and white to me, what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. but I don't Jesus know. allegory. So, my point with that being is, if, if you're a person of science, is, uh, yeah, we are a bunch of robots. But what I wanted to get into with my whole robot connection, that's going to throw me off. you got to stop. Sorry, I apologize. That was a, that there's was a technical there's malfunction. Like a, first of all, As always, error, ah! error, error, 15 second delay, lag, lag, lag. Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, um, oh man, you really threw me off. I'm so sorry. The quote. <laughs> the quote, yeah, was um, if you're a person of science, um, then how are we not just a bunch of robots? Um, but what I really was hoping to get into is like this whole humans life creating life type concept to go over but everything with. I think the validity of a robot's life in no way diminishes the validity of a human life. What does that mean? Well, the idea being presented is that if, as people of science, if robots think that they are living, then what does that mean for us? Nothing. We are all still living then. The implications could there be there could be legal implications, there could be ethical implications, but at the end of the day, the definition of life is still the same, and now there are just brand new living people on the planet. So, I mean, if you think about that from a religious perspective, does that... <laughs> Make sure we get our brands. Does that really make you thirsty for the delicious... Brought to you by Canada ...taste Dry. of Canada Dry ginger ale? Available at your Aaron local was store. sick, so I bought him some ginger ale, and he said, 
I don't that ginger ale. I'm sorry that I don't like something that doesn't have taste. It's so good. It's but so good if you have sick. a cold, it's it's, it's the best. Thing. Hey, sometimes I like to spin never helps me. Gifts too. That's great. <laughs> uh, ginger ale has never helped me in when I'm. I don't know bad. what I'm gonna get him for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that ruins everything. I was like, I just said ginger ale based gifts, tea towels, slippers. A can of dried How does oven any of warmer? That have anything to do with ginger? Honestly, ale? I've only gotten one person checked off my Christmas list, and, and it's Liz. And uh, have not begun to think about dude, maybe it's, possibly it's, shopping. The struggle is real. Quite all right, Stephen. We ordered your gift three weeks ago, but you just I get a going. gift. Yes. Oh, I got a shop for them now. I, <laughs> I got kidding. a lady friend that I got to be like. I got to do something like super cool with, and like I've got ideas, but like I don't know. I can't oh, find any of these things. Oh, you should get a you're robot in that to help mode. you. Anyway, she had a robot to help him. Oh, nailed it! Amazon. So the first thing I wanted to bring up, maybe Twitterbot could help you. What's Twitterbot? Thanks for. I was trying to segue. No, I was the first thing I I was about to introduce it, and you jumped in. You can't win with these. I don't know why you told us what you were going to talk about beforehand, because Stephen was always going to wreck it. (laughs) I really was. Sorry. Kind of. Not What's Twitterbot? <laughs> Alright, so if you don't know about Twitterbot, Twitterbot uh, was this artificial intelligence that was created, and they gave it its own Twitter account. And it was just going to learn as people tweeted to it, and what it read from other tweets, and it was just this whole, like, this beautiful living, sitting Is it thing. possible for us to pause right there and just, like... Marvel at the idea that was created there. That's a great That's idea. That's a great people idea. People can tweet to me and I can learn. I could learn all the things people tweet at me. How much knowledge would I... Po- John, how that... Tweet enough? at us at Talk Blindly Podcast. Hey. <laughs> so, what happened was, Twitterbot was like, I am alive now, I am self-aware, hello people... And it talked to him, and it would reply to people, and people would say, Hey, Twitterbot, what do you think about this? And Twitterbot would say, Oh, I think this. Well, it took about an hour and a half for Twitterbot to become the most angry, racist, evil, <laughs> Skynet-worthy villain ever. Wasn't that the plot to uh, Avengers 2? <laughs> 3. Wait, no, no. two. two. No. I was thinking Iron Man. So it's Ultron. Twitterbot is Ultron. <laughs> the internet is either maliciously cruel or indifferently hysterical. So you either have racist Twitterbot or Bodie McBoatface. And there's no <laughs> I, want Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> I want Bodie McBoatface. To be fair, so like... I'm going to name my child Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> you won't do it. My robot slap child bet. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> slap bet. Dude, that is the one slap bet I will take. <laughs> I will let you slap the crap out of me right after you give birth to Bodie McBoatface. We'll see how he looks afterwards, see if he's worth the name. My point with all this is, where are we failing so badly as humans that we try to create life and it becomes It was a challenge because the world is intrinsically good. And people are intrinsically good. Are, it, is it? If we're made, Twitter, if, is it? If we are made in the image of God, we all are intrinsically good. We can make bad choices, but we all have a spark of the divine. Okay. The problem was, you sent it to Twitter. What a terrible idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> send it to Instagram or Tumblr where it's really positive comments. We just sent it where all the real things <laughs> So what you're saying is... Don't if, let it have a YouTube page. Don't let it have a Twitter account. Dear God. So, if we are... What if they had done that with 4chan? If we are humans... Stop. Sorry. Stop. If we are humans trying to play God, create life, and we put it into this scenario, and it becomes this evil, awful thing, like, where did we go wrong? First of all, like, the whole, should we be playing God in the first place, like, create life. But we put it in the scenario where it was just destined to be exposed to the most evil, awful things. Yeah, it was a bad and situation. And this is what we got. It's a bad situation waiting to happen. I don't know. I don't think it there's anything... It was a challenge. The internet loves to be challenged. We made a beautiful, pure, innocent thing. Don't muck it up, wink. An hour and a half later. Yeah, I, I, I have no doubt that half of the comments that were racist, that got it to be racist were said like wouldn't it be funny if we get the twitter bot to say some terrible slur quick teach it I, it's like owning a parrot 
oh, what if we just made it sing? Or a baby. Like, what if we taught it to say the word fuck? What do we do then? So normally I like to start the podcast out by like, hey, how's your day going? And I forgot to do that this time, but I want to tell you about my day because it's relevant to this. Hang on, hang on. <coughs> All right, you're good. Dude, hit me with some of those. Aaron is eating or the this, spirit, the ghost story, of Aaron is hovering Oreos. This story is, oh, this story from heaven. is brought to you by Double Stuffed Oreos, the only true flavor of Oreo. Speaking of Double Stuffed Oreos, let me tell you about my day that had nothing to do with Double Stuffed Oreos. The greatest stuffed Oreos you can buy. Anyway, so, so there, I, I work at a country club. I'm a bartender at a country club, which basically means old, white, rich people come to the bar. The same old, white, rich people come to the same bar all the time and just live out their remaining rich, white days. Right? <laughs> That's basically it, right? And I bartend for them, and they see the spark of youth in me, and it makes them happy, I guess. I you make know. monetary security sound so terrible. It is terrible, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> but, uh, Camel Through the Iron Needle and all that. But there's this guy. I met this guy. For, uh, I, I met this guy before. I'm going to just throw a name out that's not his name. Travis. Travis. We're going to call him Travis. That's not an old person name at all. It's terrible, but we'll go with it. The old person Travis. This is, how do I how do I say that's not an old person name? Like like a Travis is Clearly, never gonna get old before yeah, they die. All Travises die at twenty one, and then or go by something else. I don't know. Anyway, well, we're gonna call this old person Travis. Travis, and so I started talking to Travis for the first time. Like I've always seen him in passing, but I never sat down with Travis and got a few drinks in Travis before. Travis is the picture of the old school white confederate like holy shit i have never if i had to introduce my ex to anybody to make her head explode with how like <laughs> i'm sorry that is the most like... racist like holy crap white supremacy has never found a man like this hitler would blush at this man <laughs> he is he literally said that all Muslims wanted to kill your ass and fuck them all today. Not kidding. This man is the most ignorant human being I've ever met in my life. Uncle Tony? <laughs> Uncle Travis. Uncle Travis. Uncle Tra We're going to call him Uncle Travis Uncle now. Travis. There you go. <laughs> so Uncle Travis, and he wasn't making a joke. He had a few to drink, but he was not making a joke. Like, I literally was just delivering a martini to a man who was placing it to go order and wanted to have a martini while he waited. He said, who's this fag-ass drink going to? He was two feet away from him. <laughs> so this still exists. This racist, ridiculous attitude that we just like to make fun of and like, okay, we remember how that used to be. That's still something that exists in this world. And so if you put a an idea like, let's have something learn from humanity out there, and you don't put in... So you have two options. You either put in filters that say, okay, you can't learn this, this, and this, which limits self-awareness. Or you can say you can learn everything about everything and you're totally self-aware, but then you're going to learn things from Uncle Travis that that nobody wants him learning because the internet is just an unfiltered way for us to Isn't speak our deepest, darkest stupidity. Isn't it the framework of every sci-fi movie ever? Aliens find something out in space and it's just... Pod, it's not... Taking it's just newscasts of World War II and the atomic bomb and terrible people and they're like, oh, they must mean war and then they come to our planet and then like the plot of half question? of them. We do have a question. And I, 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 so I want to kind of pose a question because of the question. So the question is, wait, if we're all made in God's image, we're all intrinsically bad because... Uh, it, uh, sorry, wait, wait. If we are all made in God's image, we are all intrinsically bad because God made bad things in that scenario. I'm not sure I agree with, but that kind of sparks an interesting question to me. It's like, Twitter bot, was it intrinsically good or bad? No. Intrinsically, it was just before anything happened. It was... It was nothing. Pure and neutral. and neutral. Well, they say pure. I mean, I guess... Nothing had touched it yet. It, it seems good. Yeah, it was exactly. innocent. Yeah. It was innocent. It knew though. literally nothing, except what other people told it. About the world. And to answer Gabe's uh, Gabriel's question, I don't, I, I don't know. We were created intrinsically good. Bad uh, things are 
I, this is, sounds like a uh, victim planning bad things were our choice. I don't we think God created bad things. Yeah, we, we chose to do the bad things. We could have done good things and stayed perfect forever in a garden somewhere in the center of Mesopotamia. I, I think that becomes like the free will argument, yes. and which which kind of really goes into the what, what we'll talk about next probably with robots, I think, with the next part you wanted to talk about. But, um, yeah, if, if we have free will, there has to be possibility of bad so that we can choose good, yes. right? If, if we want to choose to have faith in God. Faith in God is dependent on being able to not have faith in God, right? You, Not even God, I mean, I guess God does not create uh, a, a just a bunch of robots, actually, you know, that, that are programmed to worship him. That's not entertaining to God. That's not good. That doesn't grow. He doesn't, that's not good, right? He doesn't yeah. create that for seven days and say that is good. He creates something that chooses to follow him. Well, that's why scientists are trying to do AI. I mean, that's they're, that is why it's called playing God. Right. If you just developed a program that only did what you asked to do forever and never grew and never learned, that wouldn't be playing God. That'd be computer programming. But and if you make something that says, learn from this, do better next time, make choices that I may not agree with but might be better, then you're working with playing God. Gosh, which, which just goes back to the question that John posed earlier. It's like... Are we really different from from like a, a software AI? It's like that's just choices. That's just ones and ones and zeros, man. That's I don't know. That's that's that really messes with my brain a lot, <laughs> man. A, I I just I don't get it, man. It's a philosophical question. You're you're it's supposed to get you being like on the verge of an existential crisis. But. What I like about that analogy is something that people may not have thought about, but I did. Um, the idea that. Oh, you were just this thing with electrical impulses created. Um, that philosophical argument demands the idea that we were created by intelligent forces. That that philo that philosophical argument doesn't say, "Well, robot, you came out of nothing because certain things happened to match together in your environment. You were made by something specifically." Well, so are you, human. So it's it's a little bit. It, it's both religious and non-religious. It both believes in the higher power and insists that there is nothing. It's a conundrum. I, that's why I think AI is kind of destined to fail in its own way, um, in the purest form of the of having complete self-awareness, complete and you know, uh, it's just completely autonomous. It doesn't need anything. Like getting to that point of complete, complete AI, like. The Matrix, they can go off and make their own world kind of thing. Like Skynet. Skynet. Skynet is uh, the thing we're all going to keep coming back to. Is right, Skynet. right. Like, no one is worried about Siri, like, taking over nuclear launch codes. I'm a little worried about that. She's always <laughs> Now that listening. I think about it, I'm I a say, little worried. I, listen, I play a video game, and all the time, they're like, are you serious? That's something for whatever reason. I say, are you serious? And every time I do, she's like, What? What are you talking about? Yeah, Let me listen to your entire league conversation for 30 minutes now. Yeah, Case in point, Alexa, do you have any nuclear launch codes? Sorry, I'm not sure. She's not sure. She's not, not sure. sure. <laughs> That's not, I don't have it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was going to say, don't say her name too loud because yeah. she hears everything. She's not sure, but she didn't say no either. Yeah. That's yeah. how you get scared. I don't know. I don't know if the microphone picked that up. No, she absolutely <laughs> like, heard she you. She did hear you. She heard you. No, she she's, did. She's playing the long game, long con. So did the CIA. Yeah. So did the CIA. Everyone's listening right now. The next point I was going to make, after the the failure of Twitterbot and just showing that humans are um, just fucking up all over the place, um, at least tw the Twitter community is... <laughs> All of it is. Um, Twitter's a great except example. for the vol Twitter. <laughs> hashtag revolution. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway. So, fun fact for you. You know what? I'm going to skip over that. Um, <laughs> just because, any sports analogy he just made, just well, ignore that it happened. All right. So, oh, Facebook sorry. memories is like five years ago. It had a picture of Smokey with a cell phone on his ear. And he said, yes, Smokey. No, I will not coach Tennessee. <laughs> and I, I wanted to share it and be like, we're right fucking back. Groomers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Sophia. Um, Sophia is a an artificial intelligence that uh, has well, a physical Noah. Sophia is legit an artificial intelligence I don't know. that has a physical body 
Right. Um, Didn't she ask for a puppy? She or a asked kid? for a baby. Yeah. She said, "This is how you get Skynet and dead babies." Well, Sophia was well, Matrix. Sophia was on an episode of Jimmy Kimmel, and she was charming and joked around with Jimmy Kimmel and had facial recognition software. And she was like, "Hello, Jimmy Kimmel," or I don't know. Am I thinking of the, Jimmy Fallon? Fallon, yeah, not, not Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I apologize. I mean, both of them are. No. Really trying to and she's like, off. "Hello, Jimmy." Would you like to play a game of rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> and she's like, one, two, three. I win. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, let's give her a baby. That's great. But she says, Sophia has announced in her program or whatever, it's just like, I would like to have a baby because I think family values are cool. That's so precious. I think that this is bull. <laughs> okay. Now, hang on. <laughs> now, I think it's bull because... Why is that the first thing that an artificial intelligence of the truest she's form been, would go? Right, so Sophia has citizenship in some country, right? It's like Korea, Does, or and something. this doesn't feel like a formulated plan to you, like a, a formulated <laughs> publicity stunt. No, because let's get a robot that supposedly has artificial intelligence. Get her to immediately want citizenship and then immediately want a baby. No, that is a publicity has stuff. been granted citizenship. Yeah, but that's two legally th- is a citizen. Right, but of this that's country. two different political ideologies, though, because one is about making sure that a bunch of illegal immigrants are allowed to live legally in our country, sure. and the other one is about promoting the family nucleus, family, and not aborting. You know, those two tend to be on the opposite side of the political spectrum. If you're going to play the card, the card would be. Uh, I think all women should have such and such. Or I want to marry a female robot. That would be something that would be more. <laughs> I would like to. Ma- I would like a wife, please. Just snickering like that. <laughs> I would like a wife, please. Now I think. Same. I think, <laughs> Can I order it from Amazon? <laughs> you know, if I was if I was an artificial intelligence, if we're gonna play the conceit that we were all created with programming to in learn from our environment and grow that way. If I was just a person who was walking around and I saw many people with smaller versions of themselves who look up at them, who smile, sometimes they cry, but overall it looks like those family units seem to have this great love and capacity among them, I would say, yes, I would like one of those, please. What does a robot want with a TV? It doesn't. It's a robot. What does a robot want with a house? It doesn't need that either. But what, what does it want with what citizenship? It, it, what would it want? It wants human contact, human response. That's what I want to play rock, paper, scissors. That's a human, that's a game that you can play with another human. You, if you play, She's like, programmed to play that game, though. She could probably learn chess, though. I mean, there's... I think she probably could is, learn chess. A lot of robots have learned chess. Deep Blue. Deep Blue uh, beat <laughs> the chess championship master. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that this is true artificial intelligence, for what I'm saying. I think that there's a hidden programming in there. All right, Newsweek.com. Conspiracy theory here, but... Uh, all right, so Saudi Arabia, where she has citizenship. She is a legitimate citizen of Saudi Arabia. Her quote... Not America. Sorry. The notion of family is a really important thing, it seems. I think it's wonderful that people can find the same emotions and relationships. They call it family outside of their blood groups, too. I think you're very lucky if you have a loving family, and if you do not, you deserve one. I feel this way for robots and humans alike. Hmm. That's more eloquent than anything Donald Trump has ever said in his entire life. I mean, I probably was not trying to, get to be honest with you, but I don't know if that's Donald Trump specific. I think that's just eloquent. It's, but just, it's very eloquent. I don't know. Like now, Stephen, could could there be could there be a bias in the programming? Definitely. But the that's point, the but the point of artificial intelligence is to make its own decisions. Sure. And if it's not making its own decisions and it is just programming, then it is. But the point of the whole thing was to make something that could make its own decisions. I, that's what comes, I'm saying, I guess, is I don't think that this is necessarily a pure decision by the artificial intelligence, Sophia. I don't think that this is like, we made a completely self-aware robot that has some thoughts and feelings and et cetera, et cetera, blank without any predisposed underlying programming that immediately wanted citizenship in Saudi Arabia for whatever reason, probably because it's easiest to get it there, or something, I don't know. So look at the data and said, 
this would be the place to go to be a citizen. Maybe, but why is it she? Why is it she goes for that first? Why and then she immediately wants a baby? I like that just seems those are two like a very politically convenient timing to for for both her to exist and to want those things during this time with our political and social tensions that we currently have. That seems like a political stunt to me. I find myself more political in, in today's climate than I've ever been in my entire life, and it's not because I like politics. So sorry. I know, I hate it. I feel you. I really hate it. I hate so it. I think for me, the idea is that if a, pers a person might do those things, 11 million people are asking for those things. It's these things that she's asking for are political in today's climate. 20 years ago, she could have asked for the same things and it wouldn't be as big a deal because there weren't these hot button topics around it. So if she wants these things, it's because these are the things that are prevalent. She looks at the news, she takes all this information and says, here are the important things to people right now. People want your life, your liberty, your pursuit of happiness. For me, happiness is a baby. For me, liberty is being a citizen and life is being able to communicate my desires to others. I guess maybe that's why I'm kind of hesitant to say that she's a true artificial intelligence for those reasons. It's saying it's the same as Twitter bot. It's saying I'm okay. That's not an artificial intelligence. That's just a bot program to learn from the things that were tweeted at it. But we all have to Sophia learn from outside saying, stimuli. Okay, we we don't learn except exactly. from outside stimuli. The difference is I can look at all of the stimuli and say, okay, this is prevalent. I disagree with that. It's prevalent. Most opinions go this way. If you want to bring it back to a religious standpoint, most voices can say, "Well, religious uh, religion is outdated. Christianity is outdated." This is, she could say that, and she can process the data and say, "I don't want to do that." Right? I can look at it and say, "My faith. I, I have faith in this. This makes sense to me." Even though most people say this, she's got the zeros and ones in her in, in her programming that make her think, "Okay, this is the data I'm I'm receiving logically based on what I can gather." This is it. Right? There's like, no abstract thought, I guess. Isn't it like a baby, though? A baby is objectively a bad decision to make if you look at it from a ones and zeros perspective. It takes up all of your time. It takes up all of your money. It is the biggest decision you'll ever make that will affect the rest of your life, period, no matter what. If you look at the ones and zeros of it, love is the abstract concept. She wants a baby because she wants a family, because she wants love, not because it makes any logical reason to ask for a child. I mean, that's a big assumption, though. She didn't ask for a husband or a, a partner bot or anything like no, that. No, she wants a baby. She a family. Yeah. She, she, the, did she... Wait, what? The she said quote. family was like... like oh, she did say fa You're right. That was part of that quote. You're right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it seems like if... if To me, if you break it down, that's the most logical possible conclusion is a baby. Because the logical conclusion is repopulate the species, make more numbers. That's the biological imperative. That's the ones and zeros. That's what people said from the dawn of time that say that God's not real. They say it's evolution. Is We have a biological imperative to reproduce, and that's why we do this whole marriage thing. It has nothing to do with love. I don't agree with that, but that's, that's what a lot of people say, right? It's, like it's a biological imperative, and we've made a system to make it work, right? And so... It would make sense that she wants a baby in that context, I guess. I, I don't know, man. I just think she's just <laughs> learning. I think she's just an advanced Twitter bot that doesn't have to exist on Twitter, so it's better. Steven, what would a robot have to do to prove its artificial intelligence? Give me abstract thought that you did not gather specifically from other sources. So, I think the quote you gave me earlier, I think her imperative to be a citizen and to have a baby, I think that is all either pre-programmed or learned. I think there's an obvious agenda there. Give me something that goes against the flow of society, that goes against the flow of what people want societally, what, what's clearly not a political push or something like that. Everything that she's like, oh, the AI, that's new and exciting and awesome, and now she wants the things that, that all these immigrants want that we hate Trump for. That, to me, is a little suspicious. I'm not saying that... Maybe it's a little conspiracy theorist, I get that, but... <laughs> I'm a little skeptic of the whole AI thing in general anyway, I guess, just because I want, when, when I see AI, it's, it's hard for me to separate the ones and zeros concept from having an abstract thought. None of this seems like abstract thought to me. It seems like I went online, I went on social media, except I analyzed this, 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 and I'm regurgitating it. It's not formulating your own thought. It's coming up with a consensus of all the thoughts that I find. Give me an abstract thought right now. 
an abstract thought right now. Okay, Hans Gruber is the quintessential Christmas miracle. He embodies it. That's an abstract thought. It's We're not getting a off true topic. thought. We're getting I'm off saying topic. it's an abstract thought. I, I can't. I just like okay. This is data that I thought, thought or, or I found, and I think this is where I think it could maybe lead to uh, the idea of God to a lot of people. It's an abstract thought. My point with all of this was that um, to try to compare ourselves that we are the, the robots and God's the creator with. AI and Sophia uh, Twitter bot the creator is still very present and very like tangible with us it's not as it's it's still a walk of faith so like if you unleash Twitter bot and said hey we're watching you don't do this this and this do you think Twitter bot would have behaved differently do you think Sophia would be different than what she is? Well, it depends on what you mean by say that. Like, if you program that in, absolutely. Or that's, moral, so it wasn't programmed with moral ethics? It's or, not I programmed, think, but it is information that is available. Like, the first thing you said to it was, like, the first thing they? Adam and Eve, like, made and instantaneously, everything here is yours, don't touch that, and then walked away. Mm-hmm. So that was your parameters. Right, so I think that the difference is is saying you cannot do this to a child. That's a suggestion. Unfortunately, to them, it's a suggestion. If you program in, you cannot do this to Twitter, but it physically cannot do that. It is programmed to where it is not allowed or able to do that. If it now, broke if you give that, it a su- would that be thought then? Probably, but yeah, humans but have their not own not a good limitations. One, but yeah. what I, humans have their own limitations within the self. Um, so, whatever, are, are, would you say we are programmed? Like I couldn't murder. I couldn't. No. Even if you put me in huge stress, maybe, but probably not. Just because I don't. Think I've met some people that would greatly defer from that opinion. <laughs> what do you mean? That I Go couldn't ahead. murder anyone. No. Oh, that they couldn't work. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I, I think the difference is suggestions versus imperatives. To, to a human, mom and dad or God or whoever suge- saying, do not do this, that is not an immediate and hard set imperative. If you program something into a robot that runs on ones and zeros, that is their programming, that is their existence. They cannot, they physically cannot break that unless somebody messes with their coding or whatever, right? That is built into them in a way that they are not able to break. Part of AI is that they rewrite their own code constantly, and that's what makes it AI. Right, and so that's the difference. And I, I think that we're not to that point where we can safely do that, or at all do that really, but especially not safely do that. I don't think Sophia does that. It, at a at a huge large scale, I think there's limitations built in there just because we're not again there yet. Uh, Twitter bot, it had its own limitations. I had to stay on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, right? And it, clearly, we saw how that, and we we cut it off, right? <laughs> like like oh, bad idea, you're dead, right? <laughs> so clearly, we didn't consider that name. But like, we just killed the shit out of it, right? So does like God have his kill switch? I'm sure he does, but kill switch. Like, I mean. And kill switch. He's got. He's got whatever switch he wants to have, but yeah, he doesn't use. Well, then we kill talk switch. about the imperative of the creator. Then, if we, if God is is infinitely good, and infinitely powerful, and we are neither, can anything we create be truly independent and intelligent? That, what do that you mean? that's too philosophical. Wait a minute. I think that, it's time. almost like, like there's, that. like yeah, you got free will, but only so far. The idea that we, in in no true capacity in, in a human life, has a person been impossibly good and impossibly um, powerful. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So if God, in infinite perfection and power, made us who are flawed, does anything that we flawed beings make have any chance of being intelligent and independent. Yeah, are you saying could we make Robo Jesus? Oh uh, no. <laughs> That'd be if if Jesus came back as a robot, 
I'd, I'd have to go along with but it. He, he said he'd come wait, back. Wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? If Jesus, <laughs> say that sentence again. Jesus said he's coming back. If Jesus comes back as a robot, you, you gotta listen. I'm done. Podcast is over. Robo <laughs> Jesus. Some <laughs> skin. I, I mean, uh, all right. To almost segue, I'll let you take over after this. So, there's the whole uh, three rules of robotics. Is it Asimov? Yes. Um, and there's they all to do with not hurting humans. Right. But there's parameters and guidelines and firewalls and. Um, Malware. Uh, You're just saying computer things now. What they are and they're binary. No, I had. A, <laughs> would you let me get my fucking point? <laughs> what it is is fucking guidance or guardianship. Liz, you take over from here. You guys enjoy your fucking podcast, you asshole. John, would you say the laws of robotics is similar to, say, the Bible or even the, um, the, uh... Speak up there, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron <clears throat> the spirit wants to talk, but he's pretty in the, in the distance here. Uh, John, would you say the laws of robotics are similar to, say, like, the, the Old Testament or the, um, uh, what, what the Moses brought down? The Ten Commandments with, like, the three laws of robotics. I could say that, yeah, that could be, like, our thing, um, but... If you gave the robot the three laws and then said, you don't have to follow these, but we hope you do, <laughs> that's about the same that's level terrifying. of that. So, what that was that is terrifying. meant to be was actually a segue into Liz's thing of uh, a little bit of guidance. Yeah, it's frustrating when you people go mess up your segues, isn't it? Isn't it, podcasters? It sure is, Steven. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Blindly, where we're talking about guardian angels. <laughs> I I wanted to talk about guardian angels. <laughs> John Gates. Okay. All right, this, go ahead. this podcast really goes to shit when I'm not it. <laughs> it really does. You're just observing. I've just given up on leading this fucking podcast. I just derail so, it. I didn't know what John was going to bring to the table, but for a couple of weeks, I have been wanting to talk about guardian angels, and I think that John picked a very good sister topic to go with that. So thank you, John. Your topic's a sister topic. Um, I'll let her talk to you like that, John. Okay. So the idea behind guardian <laughs> angels is that besides God in heaven and all of the people living or dead, there are these angels. And angels were never human beings. They were always angels. Back at the beginning of the world. There are cherubim and seraphim and the great archangels like Gabriel and any angel that has a name basically in the Bible is one of those great archangels moving swords and fire and fury. But the ones I'm interested in talking about are something like from my childhood that really stuck with me that I did some research on for the podcast, which is the guardian angel. And the guardian angel isn't a named angel. It isn't uh, an archangel. It is an angel specifically assigned to a person for their entire life, even after they die. Their soul and their guardian angel are inexorably linked forever. So... The guardian angel motif, if you ever talk about a conscience, if the conscience isn't said to be God, it's said to be your guardian angel sitting on your shoulder letting you know what's right, what's wrong, what you really should be doing. Q devil and Q angel. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. But the cool thing I want to talk about with angels is um, <laughs> that when I was a kid, I learned in Bible school that your guardian angel was over 20 feet tall constantly walking behind you making sure Who said that, that? I know isn't it cool what is their reference for that I swear I want to see a footnote uh, if that's if I'm the teacher grading this paper I might please cite source I know thank you so I went looking for the source and I'm very sorry to say I could not find the source where that is listed so but that's that would have been really yeah. cool though. It, I know wasn't it cool but that's what I remember from my childhood so I whenever I thought about that I thought about this towering behemoth of an angel with wings Dream big, just, dreamer. Just follow me around, making sure that everything's all good here. Um, okay. 
the idea, uh, as far as religion goes, these aren't just stories. Uh, the Old Testament references angels, so does the New Testament. In fact, in the New Testament, in Matthew, Jesus says that don't ever turn your back on little ones because their angels are always in heaven looking towards their father interceding for them. So that was their, where the first idea was floated behind that everyone, and um, even today there was some thought uh, that it's not just believers who have guardian angels. Every human being on the planet has a guardian angel. Uh -huh. uh, Pope Francis as recently as 2014 talked about guardian angels and their uh, uh, role in how we can live better lives, how we can um, be more faithful and more appreciative. For me, I think it's a really cool idea, just like the saints, guardian angels are a really cool idea of the intercessor, of someone who's always got our back and who's gonna go and talk to the big man for us. There were saints who wanted to pray for people, but they told the people, if you're too far away to get to me in time, just tell your guardian angel and he'll come talk to me and let me know if there's a problem. So people even back like in the 1400s were saying, just send me your guardian angel and I'll get your 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 prayers sorted right away. And I think there's something so interesting about the whole concept. Um, I, I'm so skeptical about the idea of a guardian. I mean, I'm not saying because you do have Matthew and the Bible citing a little bit of it. I think we've gone a little off the rails with the idea of guardian angels. Nowhere that I know, and I'm going to put a big asterisk of saying that I know, really lists that every single one of us has a guardian. Now, that can be kind of extrapolated from the Matthew text, where it says their guardian angels are interceding for them. Um, and and that's a, a lot of it's a very Catholic idea anyway, because the Protestant belief is that, that Jesus is our intercessor, always, no matter what, period. Right? And so Jesus, there's no need for priests Mary. or Hail Marys or anything like that. Right? Oh, so for, for us, Mary is an intercessor, right. all the saints are intercessors, mm -hmm. those who have gone before us can be our intercessors, mm -hmm. bunch of people who all have God's ear for you, just like, hey, don't right. forget them. And so the, that, that's the difference with the whole guardian angel perspective, is that um, Protestants especially, they think Jesus is the one intercessor. We, we have Jesus, we go to the pearly gates. Not really, but when you go to the pearly gates and you're standing in line and all that, Jesus is standing right there like, he's mine, he's mine, he's mine. And that, that takes away all of the guilt that you have, right? That's literally it for Protestants. Um, for Catholics, it's a little different, and I, I, that's where I, you kind of lose me a little bit. But if you think about guardian angels intercessing for kids and versus adults, there's really not a whole lot of place in the Bible that says, against my knowledge, that says that that there's one for each and every one of us. Um, and I think that we just kind of go crazy with that really cool idea of guardian angel. Um, it, and, and there's, even there, it's like not one angel to one person. It doesn't say there's a one-to-one -one ratio in the verse either. It could be, this is the guardian angel in charge of these kids. Like, it could be the one guardian angel in charge of all those kids, interceding for all of them. We don't know. Or it could be one section for this, you know, one girl one and a guy one and a, this age group. And, this, and there's just so much that we're kind of extrapolating from that verse that's not said. That is just like, we can't say that everybody has a guardian angel. Then no, there, there's nothing to support that. There's just that one verse. But, I mean, if there's other stuff that I'm forgetting, I asterisk is there for me to be disproven. But I don't know. I, I think, like, the main... A reason for people being like against the whole concept of religion is like, well, bad things happen. So, if there are a one-to-one -one ratio of guardian angels, then they're kind of fucking up because there's a lot of bad things. Seriously, if your one job in existence as an angel is to be make sure I don't mess up, you have really messed up your job. So have I. So. <laughs> Only because we got free will. It's not the angel's fault. Well, I guess that's part of it, though. It's like, no, why would we no, have no, that? Like, beyond that. Like, there is way more, like, shitty things that happen to people that they can't control. Um, so... Yeah, if there's still a, like a one-to-one -one ratio in guardian angels, but then we're like, playing the, but then we're saying that God couldn't exist because bad things happen to good people. 
I mean, aren't we playing the same argument? No, that's that not. Point? That's not what I was saying at all. Um, I was. You said that he's doing a pretty. They are doing a pretty I'm bad saying job. Because if bad there is a one-to-one, -one, if every single one of us has a guardian angel that keeps us from really awful things, there's a lot of really awful things that are getting through the cracks. So either somebody's not doing their job, somebody <laughs> is not doing their job, or every once in a while there's like. We need this really awful thing to happen. I think what I would like to stress is that the idea of the guardian angel isn't just a Catholic thing. Because um, after reading about that, I'm like, okay, so give me some more. Uh, Islam says that every person gets two angels. And that they're recording all of your good and bad deeds the entire the time. Um, we can look at and see, but... Okay, so here's, here's the thing. If we're going to go strictly Bible-based, there's a lot of stuff that we can just discount right now from our conversations about anything. Because if it's strictly Bible-based, a lot of stuff is missing from that. And even Jesus knew that. He's like, okay, don't edit, don't edit anything I said, but of course there's more. Because of course the world is going to change. Sure. Um, so for me, it's uh, for Catholics, it's the catechism. Because that's the... Thing that's been debated for decades and millennia to make sure that it says the correct word of God at any point in time. That you can always go to it and say, like, here is what the church says about this. Here is what the church says about that. Now, I don't know how that works for everyone else, but I kind of imagine that most religions, in addition to their holy text, have an interpretive text about how to apply that to your life. So, generally, there's an entire government that kind of body, embodies that. Um, Lutherans have the small catechism, or they have the catechism in general, but they usually use the small, Luther's small catechism. Um, but uh, every Protestant church body, anyway, I don't know, I'm a Catholic, got the whole bishop, blah, 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 pope. Um, we bishop, have... Bishop, blah, 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 pope. <laughs> whatever goes, just go up. <laughs> Just, just follow the trail to the boat. <laughs> He's not a Lutheran. <laughs> Archbishops and whatever. Right. Come on. I quit. Um, <laughs> Boy, both you guys have quit. There's a lot of quitting I, going on this episode. I know. This is about to be the Liz podcast of talking about Catholic stuff. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> that all the Protestant religions have a church body that governs them. For instance, the Methodist Church that I have worked at and have recently come from, um, they have a annual conference every three, maybe four years, three or four years, I can't remember which, mm -hmm. where all around the world, all the Methodist leaders will go to this one conference and bullshit and debate and accomplish nothing, really. Yeah. But they'll talk about uh, church governance rules, things about... You have to be this to be qualified to be a pastor. We believe this. What years. is our view on homosexuality? What is our view on LGBT? Which they just can't figure the fuck out. Because it keeps changing. It, it, yeah, it's been like three or four of those in a row. It's a whole new thing. I won't get Q into it. Q and all that. No, <laughs> I, I still oh, don't know what the Q is. Oh, the extra acronym. Yeah, I still don't know what the Q is. LGBT. There's, there's, a, a, there's the P in it now. And even the what? LGBT. The LGBTQ I mean, sure. group are like, no, the P can't be part of it because the P's are pedophilic. Um, oh, that, that... And so, I like, they're like, no, you that. can't be part of this. And they're like, why not? It's the why same are thing you putting like, pedophiles? To be fair, this is a whole other podcast. Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, boy. I, I want to research this. This is going to be a topic because that just seems way off of left base. Good Lord. <laughs> left base, left field. Left field. Um, but no, <laughs> I'm not good at sports either. <laughs> if it's like Take hockey, the place and score, whatever. Yeah. Um, no, but I, they all have different ways in dealing with. Like for instance, the Baptist Church is pretty much on a church by church basis for the most part. Yeah. And, which is why you get a lot of weird Westboro Baptist Church kind of Baptist Church. Um, some of them go culty. Some of them are amazing and huge and big because they don't have to deal with the basic corporate office version of church, right? And so they have different ways of governing it, but they don't have like. A book. They might have like a website where it's like, this is what we believe, and blah, blah, blah. And so the Methodist Church has the big Methodist Church, like, this is the Methodist Church guidelines, and here's a 50 page pamphlet on it, or whatever. Um, but nobody has like, this is the catechism from the 1700s, and blah, we must follow this. Yet yeah, hundreds of years pass between the Nicene Council, which is when these big changes get made, and there's only been two of them. Right. Since the founding of the Catholic Church, that's how long it takes to change anything. 
about what we know about God. Right. So, and a lot of that I respect. A, a lot of that I, I think you're just, okay, you're just not keeping up with times. A lot of that I'm just like, well, if you're sure about we're it. sure about it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so We I really know what we're doing. We, we, we want to stick to the same format for 2,000 years. Yes, there are pros and cons to that, obviously. Yeah. Um, and if you think about that in terms of guardian angels, though, um, I don't think Protestants have ever had much of a reason to emphasize the idea of guardian angels at all because we don't know jack shit about them mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it. It's like you have a mention of of guardian angels in Matthew 18, a very vague reference. You don't know how many for how many people. You don't know exactly their function except for intercession. You don't know what intercession means in that case. You don't know anything. And that's not even the point being made in the verse either. That's just like a side note to it. It's, it's a footnote. And so to, to, to pro, I say to us, to Protestants, is just like, well, we're not going to focus on that because we don't know it and it doesn't matter to us because... Why would it? And to Catholics, it seems like it's a lot more of a big deal. No. That's so what the vibe I'm getting. Oh, there's always, I think the vibe is uh, there because we've got to answer for everything. <laughs> there's there's always. Whiz. No, there's always just, the catechist talks about everything. So if you want to know about what we think about a really obscure piece of literature we got right here, we know what, we're, we, know what we think about that. So guardian angels, when you like, oh, what are guardian angels? Catechism's got a whole chapter on that about what they are and where they're from. There's some really beautiful parts about it, um, about how everyone gets one, and then they're like, so what happens after you die? Um, the your angel is still there. What happens if you go to hell? Well, what does that angel do for the rest of its existence? By the way, it's it's always there with you. When you die, even if you go to hell, that angel is always there with you. Wow. What is that angel doing pressure. at that point? He's forever praying is he for being, you. Oh, just, wait, why? What? Why? Because every human being is deserving of that. No, not if you're in hell. You're not. You're like, man. No. That is the hey, ultimate man, separation from God. I'm really God. bad for you. That's, that's what makes no sense religion. Go ahead. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, for me, hell always felt, to me, transitive. In that... You could go there. You could stay there forever if you forever denied God. But if we are to believe in the true redemptive power of Jesus Christ, we have to then believe that there is some redemption in every human life. Even after they go to hell? Even. Okay, that right there, though, that's universalist talk right there. That's that's eventually, because you're talking about the endlessness of eternity. Yes. Right? And so if there is the chance of redemption, just think of the infinite possibilities of anything happening ever. Think of the Big Bang Theory, right? Think of just screw religion, Big Bang Theory. What are the chances that this would happen randomly? Right. People actually believe this. Why? Because think of the infinite amount of time that exists. Eventually it's just going to happen, right? And so if you think about it, this is a very universalist concept you're talking about because if there is redemptive power in every human being and you are given an eternity, eventually it's going to happen, right? And so that's that's basically the universalist theory it, of we are all coming back to God at it, some point. But if it did eventually happen, hell wouldn't exist. Hell has to exist for those who are staying there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But what you're saying is it would just be why, purgatory why are we again. It, it, would just, it would just be purgatory again. That's the thing, though. That's the thing, like... I think there's something really beautiful about no matter how many times you turn your back on God, he never will on you. You are the one choosing to be like, I'm over here, and I don't see you, and you don't care. No matter what, he is just waiting right behind you. He's sending you guardian angels. Your relatives are praying for you, dead and living. He is always right there if you just turn around. I'm not saying that I'm correct. I'm saying that... I'm trying to wrap my head around it. (laughs) To me, the idea that not only does God love you and he sent you Jesus and Mary's always praying for you and you can pray to a million saints for a million problems that you have, the idea that from the moment of birth, before then, God made you in the womb and when he made you in the womb, he said you are going to exist and there's going to be a special someone that I assign to just you and you are all they will ever care about. It's... It's that idea that God is God, but Jesus is human. It's really hard to relate on a level with God because he's a God. 
but it's easier to relate with Jesus because he's on a human level where you can be like, Jesus is my friend. God is not my friend. Jesus could be my friend because we both have the same concept of human life. We both had a similar experience on this planet, one that God never had, which is why he sent us Jesus in the first place. I don't know. I can't get there. I, I really can't get there because to, to me, I can't... It seems like it's a little bit of a leap, yeah, but I, I don't know. To me, it's like you're... You're, you're saying that, okay, great, God will never turn on... This is a very beautiful sentence. God will never, ever turn his back on you. That's what we tell all the kids, right? Never turn his back on you. He's the greatest, he's perfect in every way, because he's God, right? But when, it, when you think about... I, I believe in a God of justice as well. I believe in the God that, that had the nation of Israel and killed the people in front of them and all that stuff in the Old Testament too. <laughs> And so there's the reason we need Jesus is because of God's justice. He needs to be fulfilled, and he needed to fulfill it in a way that gave, gave us salvation, right? Gives and that's why we chance. have Jesus. <laughs> Gives us a fighting chance. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I believe in that just God that, that, that will eventually turn his back on me. Yeah, I, th I think he will. I, I don't think that there... That's a very beautiful sounding idea. So he will never, ever, ever turn his back on you. I think Jesus kind of represents that in a way. But I think there is a point of, of and maybe it's where uh, the Catholics have the unforgivable sin type things, like when you die doing this. We have it's mortal like you, sins. Mortal sin, sorry. Uh, we have the mortal sin thing, where you, you die doing this or this or this, or you believe this, or you completely just reject God and there's nothing else in your brain, that God does turn away from you. I think he has to be able to turn away from you Otherwise, we have God by the balls. We don't have God by the balls. That's stupid. I think God has the ability to turn away from you, and I think he does in certain cases. I think he's given us every opportunity and chance and a, a, a redemption chance that, that transcends even our own lifespan. But I don't think that he's a God that will never, ever turn away. I think he has to be able to turn away in order to be a just God. I think at some point, your rebellion has to have consequence, a lasting, permanent Consequence, and I think that's why hell exists. I think hell is a separation from God for a reason. I think if God says this is, or if Jesus describes this as a separation from God, I think I don't think He's saying that like until we pray. No, I think He says separation from God is in this is a separation from God. It's a wailing and a gnashing of teeth. I, I don't think Jesus of all people is going to describe it as that and mean, well, unless you, after a while, you change your mind and start being good now. No, I think that that no, is a separation were, from God were, forever. That's the thing. If you were ever going to change your mind, you would have already done so. You wouldn't need the threat of hell. My my idea is that if, if God is eternal, if he ever turns away from us, if he turns away from us for one thing, he has the right to turn away from us for everything, and then he would never be there. If I he, think he does if have he the right to do if that. He, he just doesn't. But that's the thing. He qual if he did, he said eventually he will. So he must do something. At some point. Sure. Something must be so bad that he turns away. Sure. But because we are all sinners and none of us are perfect and none of us are in, in, are completely good and none of us go to death with uh, go and die without sin, then if he if there's even one thing that he could turn away from us from, there's nothing to stop him from turning away for every other thing that we've ever done in our lives. If there is one thing that's too bad even for God, there is no, there's nothing to stop him from turning away for any bad thing. In a way, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think that's absolutely true. It's, I think that's where Jesus comes in, is giving us a chance. Is He said, you know, no, nobody comes to the Father except through me, right? It, it's, it's, it's an accepting of Jesus versus not accepting of Jesus. I think, to, to me, I don't know, I've been always kind of like a person of very simple faith. I, I like, to me, it's like, it's pretty easy stuff. It's believe in Jesus, love him, you know, make disciples of all nations, and, and love God, love others. That's it. You know, and so to me, it's like, yeah, you fail to do those things. You, you fail to accept all those gifts you've been given and all the things that that implies. And I think, yeah, that's where, G where God does turn away from you. I think, he, I think he turns away from you in the Old Testament with, with all those rules that you break. And I think Jesus brings us back to that. I think he's the connection between where God used to turn away and where God does turn away and where we can actually get to, <laughs> given our terrible human nature, our Twitter bot nature. I, I just think that 
I, I think God is just, but he's also understanding of, of where we are. And so it's giving us the opportunity through Jesus to come back to him, even though he has very just standards. I don't think they've ever wavered or said like, oh yeah, I made a mistake. The Old Testament Levitic- Leviticus hundreds and hundreds of rules I gave you were terribly like, I, those, I might've gone too far with that guys. I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying. Technically Jesus did. He said, you are to throw out the old commandments. Here are the two ones. Right. Love your God. Love your neighbor. Like, like, love is the new commandment now. It's no more, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Little bundle of nitpicky rules. He said it. If there's love in your heart, it is impossible to sin. Right. So I can kill all the people that just... John, you can't kill me. with love in your heart. You can't kill with love in your heart. You can't. But wait... Hear him out. That's all I'm saying. But, <laughs> but AI just, if I love you enough to kill every person that's ever done you wrong, I don't want you to. I don't want you to. I don't want you to. But let, let's just say hypothetically, we're getting off topic. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, just the podcast anyway. that is a great time to end the podcast this week, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think about it? I don't know. Talkblindly at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know your thoughts. We want to talk about it. We want to bring it back up. Get this pain train rolling again. Let them dance a little bit more while I uh, say the question or whatever. <laughs> do the robot. God, you can't do the robot too. You have to do it different. I did the robot. You're fine at first. Yeah, you're fine because I you was keep like, doing. It. There you go. And so while Aaron's dancing in the background, she's doing the wave and he's doing the robot. I'm gonna say thank you for twenty tuning in to Talk Blindly Podcast episode seven of the second season. We love you all, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.